welcome. You've got mail. Hey again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Tech Stream. This is where pop culture and technology meet. We are never going to speak over your head. We will speak right to you. My name is Seth Everett. He is the CEO of the Palmer Group, Shelly Palmer. And Shelly, first of all, you're on the mend. I hope you're feeling well. I feel great. Let, let, let your, your droves of followers know that you are on, you're okay. I am completely okay. I had a little bit of neck surgery for those who know, and it was just absolutely successful and all good. All good. Feel great. And, were they were there? Okay, I, I have a COVID question. Was mm -hmm. it like super high maintenance in the hospital? No, it was actually the finest experience I've ever had in a hospital. Not that I've been to that many hospitals, but um, it was hospital for special surgery in New York. And, you know, I'm vaccinated. Uh, and so they did have a COVID test. Uh, but that was, and everybody wore masks and stuff. But, it, you know, it was generally... Um, was an outpatient procedure. They kept me overnight but, because. But was uh, it more efficient? I guess that's what. That's the I, question that a lot of people are wondering because all you hear about are hospitals overrun. There was that story in Alabama about the guy having cardiac issues. Yeah. And there was that. no space for him because of all the COVID stuff. And so, you know, what I'm wondering is in spaces that are not overrun, are hospitals being run more efficiently? Th this was the most professional experience I've ever had in my life. I, I've never seen a hospital better run than this. I've never seen any organization better run than this. The use of digital to identify who you are, the way they were scanning wristbands, the number of questions they asked, not too many, not too few, the exact right number of questions to identify. It was insanely efficient. The staff was cool. on top of everything. I got to say, Seth, I mean, like I, when I think about all the horror stories you hear about hospitals being overburdened, this was the farthest thing from that. I never felt for one second that I had to, you know, be overly vigilant about what was happening. Everybody was on their game. So I was, I'm very thankful to the staff of HSS and, and to the doctors who did the work and it was minor surgery. It wasn't, you know, nothing like yeah, yeah. it was just minor neck surgery, but, but anything with your neck kind of makes you going to go, Hey, wait, you're going to do what with my neck. And they did, but it's all good. I'm, and there I'm were online good. odds, legal betting in New Jersey on whether or not he was going to show up for the podcast. So yeah, no, I, it's I, all I good. Say, pretty, yeah, it's all impressive. good. Speaking of odds, a lot of bets were made over the weekend. It was week two of college football, but week one in the national football league. Hmm. And a couple of things, uh, a couple of tech stream things. Uh, number one, Hulu just made a deal this summer over the NFL network and the NFL red zone. Yeah. It is not to be confused with the direct TV version. And as a Syracuse alum who graduated with Andrew Siciliano, who hosts the direct TV one, I am not a trader because I watched the Scott Hansen one because it was available on Hulu. Yes. But Shelly, one part of this, and we'll get into direct TV and their two remaining seasons of NFL Sunday, Sunday ticket. Yes. Uh, and then it's expected to go to a streamer, but the red zone itself, is that a gambler's fantasy or is that sensory overload? Where do you sit on a channel that is literally showing you nine games at once? I think that's where we are in the world. I really do. Seth. I think that everybody has, uh, is suffering from some version of attention deficit and this particular product, Red Zone, absolutely answers that need and does it well. I don't 
think that it's anything more than generational. Um, I know that if you're below a certain age, you won't watch football another way. And let's face it, I used to say, and you know that I've said this often, that baseball is 10 minutes of excitement packed into three fun-filled hours. There's actually less action in a football game over a three-hour period than there is in a baseball game. So it's also kind of a play-by-play and color experience and definitely filler for commercials. And though it's made for television in many ways, Red Zone answers all of no that. Commercials. Boom, no boom, commercials. Boom, boom, boom. This is the action. Right. It's what you want to see. I, I think it's a great product. And I, it's not necessarily the way that I would want to spend a Sunday afternoon watching football, although I find myself watching Red Zone an awful lot. So yeah. so I don't, you know, I, I have nothing but good things to say about it. I think people like it. And look, DirecTV, they're going to have, uh, I think, a come to Jesus moment when Sunday Ticket goes to a streaming service. I mean, the most likely is Amazon, but it could be any other. I think the NFL is looking at two and a half, three billion dollars, probably closer to two and a half billion dollars for that package. That's a big number. I don't think NBC is going to throw in heavily for it. I don't think they have the money. Amazon won't know they wrote the check. So that's right. going to be a Netflix really interesting. Could do it. Netflix sure. could do it. Apple could do it. Of course. Um, and the, the interesting parts about Apple, what I what what would be interesting from an Apple standpoint, whether or not they should get into this is how do they make it available to non-Apple devices? Yeah, I think that's, look. Because that's a huge hook if it's exclusive to Apple devices. If you are a Samsung owner right now and you found out your only way to see the Sunday ticket, which means if I live in Maryland and I want to see the Seattle Seahawks, I have to have an Apple device. Wow. Yeah, I, I don't know that the NFL would allow its audience to get limited that way. I'd be very, right very surprised. Right now, it's only on DirecTV. I understand. I understand. Um, I Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Okay. And also, I don't know if there's enough money in it. If there is enough money in it, then they will. Football, what, I, what we've learned, if we've learned anything, Seth, it's 100% about money, nothing else. So they're going to uh, create the most amount of value for the shareholders of the NFL, end of story, nothing else. So, you know, whether it's good for the fans or bad for the fans, what it would be good for is the team owners and the league itself. Of that, you can be sure, because football is just about money. My guess is it's going to be big tech, and my guess is it's going to be somebody like Amazon. I don't know that Netflix is getting into it, but they could, they easily could. Be fascinating if they do. Uh, my, my money's on Amazon, personally, that's where, because they have, they could outbid anybody and probably will. And that's that's really going to be the story here because football is about cash. One final final uh, question about this, then, um, when we talk about the Directv and and the you know the Sunday ticket being this this option, right now anything on Amazon Prime is if you're Prime you have it. Mm-hmm. Is this going to be an extra cost? Because right now I believe it's multiple hundreds of dollars. For a DirecTV subscriber to have the Sunday ticket, does Amazon say you have to be Prime and then charge them? And so, given the streaming costs of everything, $200 doesn't fly anymore. So the consumer is going to be able to get this for a lot less. I think you're right. We can't really speak for Amazon right now, but what? No, but we can guess because that's what we can. Is. Yeah, we can take a little bit of a guess here. 
Amazon's not in the video business. You get video on Amazon Prime. There's Prime Video product. They sell stuff for a living. So their goal here is to amass an awful lot of data about you and to get you in the house and keep you in the house. They don't want you leaving the casino. To the level that they could give you Prime uh, video, that subscribe you to Prime, which is a service that gets you deep into the Amazon world from a data perspective, they could afford to give you Sunday ticket. They wouldn't really feel it that badly. Can they? You know, yeah, I, they will definitely the test. Networks. They'll test the waters too. But the networks the would fight back on this because right now, the 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 key with the Sunday ticket is it's out of market games, mm-hmm. right? To protect the the network. Correct. The idea though is that you just gave the millions of people that already have Amazon Prime this access to every out of market game. If I am, uh, we're, we're in New York, so we're just going to use those as the example. If I'm WCBS or WNYW, they're fuming at this option. No question. Okay. No question. By the way. Because it doesn't well, mean you're watching less of CBS or Fox. It just means you're not watching local CBS or local Fox. The, the current NFL deal is not particularly kind to local affiliates and as I have said also for years, as goes football, so goes the television business, specifically the local television business. There's a pretty good set of articles at ShellyPalmer.com about that if you want to go deep into it. It's a little in the weeds for people who aren't you know, students of the business. But isn't the, the only reason why the Fox TV network, not Fox News or any of that nonsense, the, it, it, the Fox television network only became a real network once they got the NFL. Is that correct? That is right. Now we're, go- we're going back 20 years, but. Yeah. And people believed deeply that they overpaid for it, really overpaid for it. Because it was the only way for them to become a network. They were trying to fight the big three. And the, what they did was they wrestled the NFC package away from CBS and NBC had, the, the, had it and CBS wound up getting the AFC. Package. Here's the thing, though, Seth. A boomer in 2023. Hey, what channel is the game on? A Gen Zer, Amazon, and a boomer. What what channel is that? And the Gen Z is going to say, channel? What's a channel? Like what's a channel? Right. We have the world has changed. And this hundred billion dollars the NFL got for the 2023 to 2033 contract is really it's that 11-year deal is a big deal. And TV, the art form, is very healthy. TV, the platform. I think is in some serious, serious trouble. This deal that they recently made um, does not favor the local affiliates. And certainly were Amazon to get Sunday ticket. You're right. The local affiliates would be really, really unfortunate. I, I think the NBC and the CBS, you mentioned the Fox affiliates, but I think it's the NBC and the CBS affiliates that really get hurt by the current the new, the 2023 deal. And of course, all local affiliates are going to take it. In well, but shows. remember, Sunday ticket is only from yes. 1 p.m. on the East Coast That's to right. 7.30. That's the Sunday ticket. That's yeah. the, everything else, you know, you're getting it the way you're getting it now. You know, if yeah. you watch the Sunday night game, but, you know, I will say after watching about six of the seven hours of the Sunday ticket, I watched the Red Zone for about six to seven hours. Uh, I, I had nothing left. I, I was sportsed out. I watched Djokovic lose. I saw everything. I was sportsed out. By the time the Rams were playing the Bears, I was done. Well, as a New Yorker, 
I've had no football life of any value yeah, for several years. Yeah. And yesterday, both the Giants and the Jets lived up to their reputation for the first game of the season, although the Giants really played poorly. I mean, they didn't just play <laughs> poor. They, I was, it was almost unwatchable. So, yeah, but I watched because I'm that guy. But that was sad. Seth. Well, the, the, the <laughs> funny line, there were two really funny lines. Uh, number one, uh, Scott Hansen again. I am not an Andrew Siciliano trader. I, I am loyal. That's my guy. But Scott Hansen had a funny line when they were going to all the kickoffs. You know, this is the start of the kickoff, and there's mm-hmm. nine games going on. And then a couple of games got interesting quickly. And it was about an hour into the broadcast. And he says, I know I haven't shown you Panthers Jets. There literally has been nothing to see. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was great. Yeah. yeah. That was very funny. Well, <laughs> look, I, I'm, I'm an eternal optimist. I am an eternal fan. I do love football, the game. I really do. I hope that New York can field a team sometime in my lifetime that can do a little better than the Jets and the Giants did opening yeah. weekend. <laughs> you know, one, one thing that, you know, we were talking about Amazon, Amazon owns Twitch mm-hmm. and Twitch has had a rough couple of weeks. Oh yeah. Big and time. before we call it a day here, uh, uh, you know, since, since I'm feeling competitive in gaming, um, these raids that are going on with Twitch where people are getting their streams rated, it's getting really ugly and it's unregulated. What do you know about this? Yeah. So for those of you who are unfamiliar, Twitch is where a lot of the esports people practice. And uh, Twitch has become. A, right. You a and really... I have Twitch channels, but we don't do the. Yeah, what, no, what it's come to. no, it's an amazing, amazing phenomenon. It is appointment based television on the public Internet centered around streaming gamers and people who are doing interesting talk shows, but mostly uh, streaming games. There have been a just an an incredible incredible spew of what's known as hate raids and these are um, spam streamers and what they're doing is these bots are going out they're targeting black and lgbtqia types they're they're going after um, super with super homophobic super racist super sexist content it's robotic meaning that it's you know done by automation and they're going after these twitch chats which ultimately have to be shut down people are stopping their streams because they can't they have no way to defend against these terrible hate raids and it's become quite the problem uh, it's obviously in violation of the terms of service on twitch but that doesn't stop anyone and it's also happening with kids who are relatively young um you have to be a certain usually age. I think you're 16 to be on it, right? Yeah, but you know, that's everybody's got a way to get around that. So we're finding ourselves. Do you watch that show Mythic Quest? I don't actually. Oh, you would love it. It's about a video game company. It's made by the people who created uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. It's, oh, uh, wow. It's I'll uh, put that on my list of things I got to yes, do. It's on Apple t- uh, Plus and it's uh, Mythic Quest is two seasons. But it's literally it's a it's a video game company. So one of the characters is a 13 year old streamer because what he says about the game impacts their sales. <laughs> so they kiss this kid's butt. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's, I'm not trying to make light of this, but it, it, it there, there's a very sharp comedy 
about video games and what Twitch means to video game companies. I got to say, you know, Twitch is a young company. They are facing an adversary that is automated, that is motivated and causing them a lot of grief right now. And we're going to see, you know, this is Amazon. They've got a lot of technology. They have a lot of ways to combat this, but it's really problematic. Obviously, if you're on Twitch and you see it, you should report it because the only way they can get ahead of it is if everybody who is a victim of this or everybody who's experiencing it speaks up. Um, I don't know how they're going to get past this. It is a very motivated group. It is such a clear violation of everything, including just a normal you know, civility of doing life online. But it's sort of what we're coming to, Seth. You know, we've got, we've got people who have uh, the ability to set things free in the wild. And I don't know that everybody thinks through. It's one thing to do a kid's prank. You know, I used to make a prank phone call or something. But when you set up a bot and you give it a mission and you set it free, you no longer control that bot. Sure. That bot's out in the wild. It's a virus. It's out in the wild doing its own, its own thing. And it doesn't mutate, at least not in the way that like a biological virus would, and it, at least it shouldn't, unless someone moves, you know, someone does the work to make it mutate. But in practice, when you set something out in the wild like that, it, it can get really nasty really quickly. And, and they do. Absolutely. And by the way, we've, we've learned that with AI, the models can be very quickly turned into Hitler-loving, misogynistic, evil devices like chatbots can be made into something really bad really quickly and there's nothing like an american teenager to turn an ai model into something you don't want it to be so it's not like the kids are helping but these bots this is insidious i i have a printout in front of me i can't even read it on our podcast of what some of this stuff is about and the printout from it, it it's from one of the groups that i subscribe to which is a technology group that's dedicated to this kind of uh, cleanup, if you will, to building tools to prevent this and sentiment engines to identify it very quickly and stop it early. And I got to tell you, this is, this is be beyond drunken sailor language. Let's just say that wow. beyond, way beyond and creative and also clearly automated. As these tools get better, this is going to get worse. So yeah, welcome to the new world, man. It's something else we have to worry about every day. I remember I did a, a Twitch stream. I think it was for the NCAA tournament, uh, but it was part of Twitch sports. It was what they were asking for. And they promoted it on their homepage. And at one point we had like two former NBA players on the stream mm -hmm. and we had about 45,000 viewers live. And my channel's not a big channel. So like people didn't understand that. And what happened was we got a lot of bots coming in saying you're in violation of this and you're in violation of that. Mm -hmm. And then there were bots that were coming in saying our audio was messed up and we didn't have any way to test it because yeah. we were live. Yeah. And yeah. I, it, again, I, I did this, you know, for, for about a year and a half, I did shows for them and, but it was for them. It wasn't for me. And it was, we did these shows and everything was sloppy and you and i you know when you do your videos you are very polished 
you know, not just when you're on television. No, 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 no. But you, you have camera angles and you plan things. There's, there's definitely something to be done. Yeah. I definitely do spend a little bit of time uh, with my videos, Seth. I think we all do. We try to get our production value, you know, as high as we possibly can. Speaking of production value though, last week we talked about you needing to review Shang-Chi, the legend of the 10 rings. Shang-Chi, yeah. Shang-Chi, yeah. Sorry. I say Shang, you say Shang. One of us is right. Probably you. Um, First of all, you saw it in a theater. Yes, I did see it in the theater. That was a that was a story for Textream last week. <laughs> it was, but by the way, that movie had a hundred million dollar opening yeah. in theaters for the Disney Company, and they made a monster statement between when you saw it and reviewed it, and now, and that is that all of their 2021 releases, right, Eternals, Kingsman, be, yeah. they're all going to be in theaters for 45 days before they stream. That's a very big change from yes. where we were, and I know you hate theaters. Um, no, I don't hate theaters, <laughs> but, but but I, I it is still to the to the argument that uh, I do know a lot of people that are waiting that said they're not listening to the review because, you know, on the Hall of Justice, we spoiled it, you know, because that's it's arbitrary. And if you saw it, you should listen to that review. And what people are saying is they're not going to listen to it because they want to wait the 45 days to come on Disney Plus. And one hundred million dollars is impressive, but it's impressive in pandemic numbers. That's right. Remember, it's a fifth of what Avengers made. So in 2019. So mm-hmm. let's just call this what it is. I still think Shang-Chi is a success, but to call it a pandemic success is more accurate. Yeah, I think everything gets an asterisk right now. Right. I don't right. I don't think anything. This is not a normal year for any sport or any spectator sport of any kind. Everybody's going to need an asterisk for last year, for this year. Um, and, but I just and, thought and it was Warner Brothers is still doing, you know, Many Saints of Newark, which comes out in two weeks. I can't stink and wait. Uh, that's the Sopranos prequel. Uh, that's HBO Max, same day. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, you know, all, all the, the, the future DC movies are all supposed to be on HBO Max. Yes. I mean, there, there, there's, this is not, Disney making this statement was a statement. The other one was, the rumor of a sequel to a bad first movie, Venom 2, uh, Sony is in control of that. Even though it's a Marvel property, it's Sony. Uh-huh. And Sony was going to push that to 2022. And they changed their tune based on Shang-Chi. And they are now releasing it October 1st. That's interesting. That's wild. And it changed. <laughs> and, I, and I paid really close attention to that because... That's, you know, that that affected our podcast schedule. You know what I mean? Like I had to move some guests because we have to we, we review the movies the week they come out and Venom, too. And so I'll be tropesing back to the to the to the to the theater. Well, looking at the release schedule, it the only thing that stands out at the release schedule to me is that Avatar 2 is still scheduled for December of 2022. <laughs> from, from Disney. Again, I don't even remember the first half. It's like, it's, it's maybe the longest amount of time ever between an Avatar, but then Avatar 3, just in case you're wondering, is scheduled for December of 2024. But isn't 2021 supposed to still see James Bond? Uh, let me look here. Yeah, we'll see. Yes, that's the short answer. But that's um, the thing. That's the thing. Like, is this the rebound? Is this the new normal? If Marvel is calling $100 million a success, by the way, it fuels Scarlett Johansson's claim, which was you should not have put it on Disney Plus same day. Yeah, definitely. 
Because oh, you'll if, be happy to know The Little Mermaid is coming out in, the, in May of 23. I'm just going over my movie schedule I here. I feel people clicking off. <laughs> I just wanted you to know. <laughs> They're very excited. And then there's a new Star Wars in December of 25 from Disney. It's a new Star Wars every five minutes. So, yep. yeah, I don't, this is crazy. 23 in December, you're getting Rogue Squadron also. Wow. A couple Nuts. of recommendations this week for streamers. Uh, the Morning Show Season 2. Yeah, very exciting. This, this, uh, this Friday and this week, uh, FX on Hulu, which is which is interesting. It's FX, but it's not airing on FX. It's FX producing only for Hulu. That's part of that Disney Fox uh, purchase, and it's Why the Last Man, which is one of the one of my favorite comic books from twenty years ago. It was a comic book about. Uh, all the, a virus comes, ironically, a virus comes and wipes out anyone with the male chromosome. Too soon. And, <laughs> and, too soon. and one guy survives. One guy, there's something wrong with him. He's something different about him. And, he, and there's a lot of political correctness in it that wasn't in the original book about a lot of people assume he is trans. Interesting. Wow. You are just filled with, with interesting trivia today. By the way, everyone listening who's a I Ted Lasso fan. Surgery. No, I understand. Everybody listening today who's a Ted Lasso fan, September 10th, uh, I think that was episode eight of season two. I need you to weigh in on that. I want to talk about it because I don't want to spoiler alert, but I need people. It's, I, I thought the series took a bizarre turn into a new zone this week. And I want to about the app. No, I'm talking about Ted Lasso, the actual no, no, no. show. The, the app in the show? No. Usage? No, so you're not talking about the no. Sam Obasanya no. storyline? No, 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 no. I thought the actual show, the every storyline took a weird twist this week, and I was like, I want to know what other people thought. But I love this show in ways I don't understand why I like it. Like, I have no idea why I love Ted Lasso yeah. the way I do. I just do. Like, there's nothing about that show I don't like. But this was a really strange week for me. And I was like, hmm, that's weird. Yeah, the whole... Sam Obasanya storyline with, yeah. you know, Rebecca. Yeah, yeah that no, was, I thought it was great. I thought that was, it was outstanding. I, that didn't bother me at all. I just, I have people weigh in on this. I want to hear what you thought about this week's episode. Speaking of things that we all need to talk about, Apple is going to have a big announcement this week, and we're not even going to bother to talk about it. iPhone 13 is coming out when you hear this show that will yeah, do all that. The same day. Yeah. But Apple won a massive judgment earlier this week against Epic Games, finally. Epic did not uh, fare well in their attempt to get Apple to pony up uh, with the App Store money and to give them some... Now, the small developers, as we've talked about, did get the ability to do some advertising and do some merchandising that they were unable to do previously. So Apple did give some concessions to small uh, developers. But Epic got its butt handed to it hard. And a lot, a lot of people were waiting for that. You know, the, the thought was because this was on appeal and a lot of people said this is when Apple gets its uh, sweet revenge. And they did. Um, look, at the end of the day, Apple has built an ecosystem. And what the legal system has said is that that ecosystem is theirs and they can do with it what they will. And they definitely won. They didn't a little win. They didn't win on a technicality and kind of win. It's like, you want to sell stuff in the app store? Adhere to the terms of service. Ouch for, uh, I mean, Epic was just trying to do a land grab, but 
it just it really didn't work so that was kind of that was kind of crazy um that apple won that hard last thing i want to talk about today seth is kind of important and it's coming up so it's it's not as topical as the other things we're talking about but this is TechStream, and you you have to be under a rock if you haven't spent some time and energy uh, at least feeling what's going on with nfts and crypto and the world of cryptocurrency over the last couple of weeks we've had a massive bull market crypto's down a little bit over its highs from last week this week that market goes up and down but there's something that everybody who's a tech stream listener needs to think about and there's a, a kind of a cryptocurrency called a stable coin and stable coins are different from altcoins. Altcoins that are not Bitcoin are considered altcoins. Stable coins, therefore, are a kind of altcoin. But they're unique in that, unlike a digital currency or a digital asset or an NFT or a traditional altcoin cryptocurrency, a stable coin is pegged to a fiat currency like the US dollar. So in the United States, there's uh, a stable coin called Tether, T E. T-H-E-R. And Tether is pegged to the US dollar, at least it's supposed to be. There are several others. You'll find them under USDC, USDT, Tether, etc. The Treasury Secretary has put together a work group, the Treasury Department's put together a work group, and they are going to really start to examine not only Tether, but all of the stable coins that are marketed or for sale across all of the exchanges in the United States. This is going to have some pretty significant ramifications going forward. So while we're not giving financial advice here at TechStream, we're never going to give financial advice here at TechStream, we are going to tell you that as go stablecoins, uh, go the crypto market in a pretty significant way. So spend some time and energy, learn a little bit about what a stablecoin is, learn a little bit about how the rules and regulations around stable coins will impact your crypto holdings, if you have any, or crypto holdings in general, if you don't have them. The future of the market will be very, very uh, pegged or related to how the U.S. Treasury decides to handle stable coins. So stable coins are like U.S. dollars in that they literally have a U.S. dollar behind each or are supposed to have a U.S. dollar behind each one of them. Very important for you to pay attention to this. It is unlike Bitcoin. It is literally the engine that's going to drive some of the future marketing um, opportunities for all digital currencies. Pay attention. All right. You're my source for all this stuff. So I don't make a coin move without talking to you anyway. So As you shouldn't, Seth. Do not no. do anything in, in stable coins or any any cryptocurrency without tech stream has taught me anything it's don't invest anything without talking to the guy i get him for an hour every week and it's not financial advice it's just common sense of course <laughs> that'll do it for tech stream we'll see you feel better my man you bet that's shelly palmer i'm seth everett we'll see you next time